Hi guys, and welcome back to Freeman Sports Bar. Happy New Year's. We're in the new decade now in 2020. Um, I know it's been a minute since I made my last episode because I kind of thought I was going to stop. But over winter break, I thought about bringing it back. And actually, I did make an original podcast video uh, previewing the NFL playoffs uh, while I was in Florida, but didn't have great connection. So it did not record well at all, and I ended up deleting it. Uh, but I did think about making one today, and originally after the Saints lost, for those of you who somehow don't know, I'm a huge Saints fan because of Drew Brees, uh, I wasn't going to make a podcast episode today, but I decided, you know what, why not? I'm feeling better now, I might as well do something today, so making this podcast episode. Uh, so speaking of the NFL, I'm going to start today's episode by basically recapping what has happened in these past few days. So obviously the first game of the playoffs that we had was the Bills versus Texans, which went into overtime. Uh, the Bills jumped out to a 16-0 lead early, and it kind of looked like they were just going to dominate their way through again, and the Texans once again were going to be a letdown in the playoffs. Um, quite frankly, I actually thought the Bills were going to win this game headed into it. I, in my prediction, I thought they would win. Um, honestly, it's not even that I thought the Bills were necessarily at, like much better. I just thought they were stifling defense. And the fact that I still, even though they won, don't think that Bill O'Brien is a playoff-level coach. I thought he would get outcoached by Sean McDermott and that the Bills would end up winning. But Deshaun Watson basically saved Bill O'Brien, somehow got out of that amazing, like, two tackles, actually, and got the huge pass that led to the uh, eventual game-winning field goal in overtime. Uh, for the Bills, I definitely think they're trending in the right step forward, though. I think that they could be right back to where they were next year if they can maybe add in the draft some more weapons on offense besides John Brown because, I mean, I think Devin Singletary was a great pick and he's going to be the future. I think Cole Beasley's fine, but he's not good enough. But I, So I think they need to get John Brown some help, maybe even go for a tight end or something besides another receiver. And then I think the defense, if they can just retain as many of those guys as possibly good. As for the Texans, I mean, they do next week on uh, – they play on Sunday at 2.05 Central Time on CBS against the Chiefs. I don't think they win that game. I think they were lucky to get through the Bills, and I think they're simply overmatched. And I think Mahomes is finally back to where he's been. So I think the Texans' season ends there. Now, what they do in the future, I don't know. Definitely need to improve that offensive line. I mean, it was a train wreck. And the defense – I mean, it's going to be getting better each week now that or if they keep going now that Watts back. So it, I feel like it's too early to evaluate. But since they lost Clowney, I definitely think the defense is lacking, and the stats back that up. Uh, I mean, honestly, even though they won a playoff game, I still think that it'd be in their best interest to get rid of Bill O'Brien. But I just think after that win, there's no way they do. Uh, so moving on to the next game I want to talk about. Now, I know this is out of order, but there's a reason why I'm saving the Patriots-Titans game and the Saints-Vikings games to be the last two. So we're actually going to talk about the Seahawks-Eagles. So like the first time they played each other earlier in the year, uh, which I believe was also in Philly, the Seahawks uh, played them. Wait, no, I might be wrong. Did they play them this year? They actually did, yeah, and it was the exact same score, actually. The Seahawks beat them 17-9. to And It was basically the same kind of game where it was just low-scoring, cold-weather, grinded-out defense. Uh, unfortunately, on a brutal hit from Jadavian Clowney, Carson Wentz went down, and that kind of, from right then and there, I kind of knew it was over for them because they already had enough injuries on the Eagles, and they were overmatched to start with. Um, I didn't really see them having much of a chance. As for, like, what they should do, I think it's honestly just get healthy next year and just hope to not get hit by the injury bug as much as they did. Like, it's kind of ridiculous how many injuries they had. 
Um, as for Seattle, they also had some injuries, specifically in the run game, but Marshawn Lynch is starting to look and show flashes of his old beast mode self, so I think they're doing well. Um, obviously, the defense was dominant in the game. The offense, not as much, but, I mean, that Eagles defense, even though it has been terrible, at home it actually has been a great defense, so I think they definitely will have a much better week offensively against Green Bay, where I actually see them winning that game. Um, I don't know. I just think that they'll beat Green Bay simply because Green Bay, in my opinion, now they did get the bye and they did win the division, but I just don't think they've looked that good. Defensively, they have, but I think Aaron Rodgers has just not looked like the normal Aaron Rodgers. Now, in the fourth quarter, he has shown up to be himself, but like they struggled against the Lions. They got crushed to a, ter a terrible Chargers team. The 49ers, when they played their first real team, they got a real wake-up call because they got destroyed in San Francisco. So that's why I kind of think the Seahawks could win. Uh, but I'll go more into my predictions for the rest of the playoffs uh, later on. I did have the Seahawks winning this game, though, at the time. Uh, so the next game I'm going to be uh, talking about is the Patriots versus Titans. Now, the reason why I wanted to wait to talk about this one was because besides recapping, I also want to talk about Tom Brady's future, Bill Belichick's future, and just the Patriots dynasty as a whole. Um, so the Titans did come into this game. In my prediction, I did have the Patriots. However, I was very tempted to take the Titans because I kind of felt like this was similar to when the Titans played at Kansas City and nobody really thought they had a chance and they upset them. So I thought about choosing them, but I just decided to play it safe. Mainly because I just thought Tom Brady looked washed and their offense was a mess, and especially after the Dolphins game. So this game didn't really surprise me that they won. It was more so how dominant their run game was and their defense and the goal line that was impressive to me. I think the Titans, honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that they had to play the Ravens, I would say that they would have a decent chance. I mean, I don't think they would beat Kansas City either, to be honest, but I think that they would be matched up better with them because I just think Lamar Jackson's going to carve them up. So I don't really see them having much of a chance. They play on Saturday at 7.15 p.m. on CBS. Uh, but I don't know. I think the Ravens will handle them in that game and go right to the uh, AFC Championship. Um, but the Titans definitely should be proud of themselves. I think Mike Vrabel is a great coach, and they're trending in the right direction. I think Derrick Henry is a legend, and I'm very impressed with how Tannehill's been playing. The defense is solid. It's I mean, it looked great against the Patriots, but it's been up and down. The run defense has been pretty solid from them, but it's the pass defense that's been inconsistent because I'm pretty sure the secondary is getting a little old, but they do have some very stellar players. Um, as for the Patriots, I mean, like I said, this wasn't a crazy surprise to me. Even though they started the year so dominant, that was mainly because of their defense. And I kind of kept thinking in my head, like, the defense wasn't going to be able to play at this record level of play forever and keep bailing them out with punt blocks and and pick sixes and et cetera. So I was kind of just kind of waiting to see if the offense would ever pick it up and kind of be able to make them look like a caliber team. And I just never really saw it. Like, in my prediction, like, I did have the Patriots, but I immediately had them after that losing in the second round to the Chiefs. I just don't see I just didn't see this team being a contender like recent years. I know everybody always says not to doubt them, but like I truly just didn't see much in them. Uh as for the dynasty, I do think it's over. I don't think it's over as in like they can't make the playoffs again and they're gonna be trash. I think though they could definitely win the division again, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills win it. But a lot of it's going to come down to Belichick and Brady. I think Belichick will obviously stay, but we'll have to see with Brady. Because I don't think he's going to retire. Obviously, there's a chance. But I also could see him leaving for a different team. I mean, there's been rumors that he could go to the Chargers or maybe the Colts. I personally don't see the Chargers, even though it's nice weather and stuff. I just think their O-line is so horrendous that he's not trying to go somewhere where he could get literally destroyed. However, they do 
have a lot better of offensive weapons with Melvin Gordon and Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen, etc. So maybe he just sees it in that perspective and would consider going there. The Colts I could see because they do have a good offensive line. Hi, uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, I think I accidentally clicked on something that made me pause this. Uh, so continuing on to where I left off, I believe I was talking about where Tom Brady could go if he leaves the Patriots. Um, so I talked about the charge, why he could consider the Chargers. The reasons why he could consider the Colts is, again, they do, as I was starting to say, they do play in a dome, so he wouldn't really have to worry about cold weather, and it'd be better for all the quarterback condition-wise. They do have a really good, improved offensive line now. They have Marlon Mack. They have T.Y. Hilton, so they do have some offensive threats. I just don't know if that's a city or area he wants to be in or if he can really see himself there. Otherwise, I think he'd end up just probably going back to the Patriots. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said earlier on this podcast, I'm not surprised with what happened to the Patriots. I definitely think they're crumbling. Obviously, we saw when the Spurs dynasty eventually ended, and then we saw the Warriors dynasty has ended, and now I think it's honestly the Patriots' turn for their dynasty to end. Uh, and now the game I've been putting off the longest to talk about earlier today, the Minnesota Vikings defeated the New Orleans Saints 26-20 in overtime. This game was definitely a frustrating one to watch, especially because from the, uh, from a perspective of a Saints fan and just from what I saw, obviously from watching all their games, it was probably about one of the worst performances I've seen them play since the Falcons game. And I'm not even talking about the Falcons game that they lost. I'm talking about the more recent one that they won because the offense and in general, they still looked like a mess, even though it was a rather dominant win in that game. Uh, until Young Hoku got all those onside kicks and things got interesting. But... um. Yeah, the first half was a mess. I mean, they did have the great fumble early uh, recovery when uh, Janoris Jenkins, who they recently picked up from the Giants, forced the fumble on Thielen, and they got the recovery and then ended up having to settle for a field goal, though. Um, But then they did get the offense going after struggling early because of Taysom Hill when he threw that deep ball and eventually set up an Alvin Kamara touchdown. Uh, Taysom Hill did all he could. I got to give him a lot of credit. He played a hell of a game today. Obviously, unfortunately, though, didn't end up being enough. Uh, going towards the half, for those of you who weren't able to watch the game or chose not to, the Saints had a huge uh, kick return, which set up Drew Brees to potentially get them into field goal range, which they did to get Will Lutz, I believe it was a 43-yard field goal or so, which isn't that hard of a field goal for him, to be honest, because if you guys remember way back to start the season, he made a 57 or 58-yarder to win against the Texans, so it was definitely within range. But unfortunately, he pulled it, and this proved costly later on because then in the second half, even though the Saints got the ball to start, they didn't make anything of it, and the Vikings were able to pounce on it and later on extend to a 20-10 to 10 lead. Uh, the Saints did rally, though, in the fourth quarter. They had that big drive for a touchdown to cut it to three. And then unfortunately, after Taysom Hill had a few big runs in a row, Drew Brees did later say that he had a miscommunication with one of his receivers because his receiver was supposed to run a certain route and he was going to throw it away to him. But since he wasn't there, he had to wait a little longer. And then next thing you know, as he was about to wind up to throw it away, he got hit on the arm and he fumbled. Now the Saints defense luckily was able to step up against the uh, Vikings. They did have that initial fumble recovery touchdown. And although it was reversed and I was upset in the moment, once I watched the replay, it was very clear that his knee was indeed down. The Saints were able to get a field goal and force overtime, but they did have a costly mistake 
because Alvin Kamara was still trying to get into position when Drew Brees spiked it, which led to a penalty and a 10-second runoff. I definitely thought it was a questionable decision by Sean Payton to not take the timeout because I feel like with a veteran quarterback like Brees, he knows that he wouldn't have any timeouts left and would still have 21 seconds to operate, but knows, like, can't take a sack, no turnover, and obviously got to get out of bounds. So I definitely think he should have taken it because then basically without that, they were able to basically run one play, which led to an incomplete pass, and then were forced to kick the field goal rather than having an actual chance to score. But that's not entirely on Peyton. It's definitely on Kamara, too, because he's not a rookie anymore. He knows better that he has to be set. Um, obviously, overtime came around, and the Saints lost the toss. And then uh, the defense actually started out looking good, and I was impressed because I knew the run defense would get it together because although Dalvin Cook finished with, I think, like 94 yards or something or 84, so he only had, I think, about 10 yards rushing in the second half, which is very impressive by the Saints' defense. However, what worried me and eventually did end up biting them uh, was their lack of secondary depth because Eli Apple wasn't playing. And once Lattimore went down on that Dalvin Cook run, I was really nervous and honestly thought they were going to lose if the uh, Vikings tried to throw a deep ball because I knew that that means it could potentially be thrown at P.J. Williams or Patrick Robinson, who I do not like either of them because they just aren't very talented at all. They're backups at best. Uh, and sure enough, Cousins and the Vikings recognize this. They throw a deep ball to Thielen and he gets burned, uh, sets up first and goal at the five or three or whatever it was. And the Saints defense, once again, showed up in the run game. They stuffed Cook on that first one where it looked like he was just about to get in. And then on the second one, they went for the toss and they blew that up again. I was thankful but surprised that the Vikings tried that because earlier in the game they tried it and Cook just got destroyed when, it, when they tried it earlier. So I was kind of surprised they went back to that play call. Um, and then, obviously, the play that sealed in and the controversial play which was the Kyle Rudolph third and goal touchdown pass when P.J. Williams was on him. Now, I know a lot of you will probably be wondering and would ask me at school, but I'm just going to address it now, and I'll still answer it to those who obviously won't hear this. What do I think about what happened on that play? If I'm being honest, obviously it's going to be biased because I'm a Saints fan. I truly did see offensive pass interference, and I think it should have been called, and I will obviously be salty and stick with that opinion. And I definitely think that should have been the right call. Multiple experts and rules analysts and former NFL refs thought it should have been too. I understand that they were trying to be consistent in whatever the call was they wanted to go with. But the way I saw it is the people who argued it wasn't was they said it was just hand fighting, which there was at the beginning. But the specific rule says that you cannot push off or use the full extension of the arm. And if you watch the replay, it's exactly what Rudolph does at the end is he fully extends the arms and pushes off of P.J. Williams, allowing the effortless touchdown catch. However, the one thing I do want to clear up is I'm not saying, oh, the refs cost the Saints the game. This was not like the L.A. Rams game because the Saints straight up played like crap. They did not look like or act like they deserved to win. And ultimately, they had multiple chances. Like I said, I do think a call should have been made, and it would have obviously led to a third and long. And who knows, maybe the Saints get that stop and then force a field goal and have an opportunity. Maybe they don't. But fast in the past, nothing I can, anybody can do now. As for the Saints, not like their dynasty went up, but what I see for the future, I don't see Breeze retiring at all. This one definitely hurt, though, because it's the third year in a row of this happening. And honestly, I think the Saints will be back and be a playoff contender again next year. Maybe get a bye. We'll see. Um, but if I'm being honest from what I saw, I don't think Breeze has many more years left. I think he has one to two years, but I don't think he has more than one more year in terms of, like, at this level of excellence. Like, I think... He will definitely be good enough to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league again next year, 
but I don't think the year after, if he chooses to come back again, obviously that's a long way from now, so we'll have to see. I don't think he'll be able to stay at that level. I think he can still start, but like the Saints won't be able to rely on him as much. So that's why I really think they have to get it done pretty much next year because I don't think otherwise they'll really be able to also not only him, but keep that much talent on the roster. So um, now that I'm done basically recapping all the NFL games, I'm just going to basically give my uh, predictions. So I think that the 49ers who play the Vikings, it's the first uh, playoff game for next week, Saturday, 3.35 p.m. Central Time on NBC. I think the 49ers will win. I think the Ravens will win. Uh, they play, like I said earlier, 7.15 p.m. Central Time at CBS. And then for Sunday's games, I think the Chiefs will win, who play the Texans at 2.05 p.m. Central Time. And I think the Seahawks will beat the Packers, who play at 5.40 p.m. Central Time. And then after that, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I definitely think the 49ers will beat the Seahawks then and go to the championship. But then I honestly don't know between Ravens and Chiefs. I think it'll be close. But I think the Ravens ultimately will get the revenge, simply because I think the Chiefs' defense will end up crumbling. That's just my personal prediction. And then as for the Super Bowl for Ravens versus 49ers, I think the Ravens beat them again. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers beat them. I mean, honestly, as a Saints fan, when I was looking at the NFC playoffs, the only team I thought, obviously, I was wrong, that could really beat the Saints was the 49ers because, I mean, they beat them before and they look like a very talented team. So it wouldn't surprise me, but that's just the playoff look I'm going with for now. Uh, if you honestly think that the 49ers are winning or the Chiefs or Ravens, I agree with all three of those as possibilities. I don't really see anyone else who I think realistically could do it, but obviously I'd hear you out if you think someone else. So now moving on, I'm going to talk about college football briefly. So obviously it was the college football playoff that occurred. Uh, LSU destroyed Oklahoma, and then Ohio State looks so close to finally dethroning and ending Clemson's reign, but unfortunately a miscommunication late in the game with Justin Fields throwing to his receiver who thought he was scrambling, so he cut the other way uh, to a late interception, and Clemson advanced to meet LSU. I think Clemson's going to win it all. I think LSU's the more talented team and should win, but I think simply because of Clemson always being there and doing that, every time they're counted out, they always step up and win, so I'm going to predict that Clemson beats LSU. The last thing I'm going to talk about is the NBA as we approach the also break in Andre Drummond trade rumors. So I think Andre Drummond... I mean, if I'm talking about fits from it, I think could potentially work. Um, I think Boston could work. I just don't know a trade that would realistically happen in terms of what they would give up because I feel like they might want too much for him. Um, Andre Drummond did, though, say that he's not a quitter and doesn't really want to leave, so I don't know. Maybe he'll stay. I don't really see Atlanta. I mean, I know that they're interested in him, but I don't think it honestly makes much sense. Um, I'm trying to think who else would really want or who else really wants our gym. I mean, I saw the Raptors were on. I think that would be a pretty good fit, actually. And I thought I saw one other team that might have wanted him. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, I, oh, it's Dallas. And I, I think it might have been some rumors with Dallas, and I think that would actually be a great addition. I think that would make them so much better defensively, and I just think he would be a great fit there. Uh, and now in terms of, like, what I think about NBA teams heading to as we're getting closer and closer to the All-Star break, which is actually in Chicago this year, I think Milwaukee just looks absolutely dominant, and Giannis is once again looking like an MVP and developing more and more of a jump shot. Boston is looking great and once again proving the haters and doubters wrong about how good they can be and kind of just showing that maybe Kyrie Irving really is just like a toxic player to have around the franchise. The Heat look impressive, as do the Raptors, uh, 76ers, 
and Pacers, but I really think it's just down to Milwaukee and Boston from what I've seen so far. As for the West, obviously the Lakers have been looking great. Anthony Davis is a monster. Denver's also been very impressive, as have been the Rockets and the Clippers, but the Clippers have kind of been slipping up a little lately, but I don't really see anything wrong. I still think it'll end up being the two LA teams, but I think if anyone was to change that, I would say it would be Denver. I don't. I just don't know what their young talent and lack of playoff experience, if they can actually do it. Uh, the Jazz have been on fire lately. They've won five in a row, nine of their last ten. Uh, Dallas has also been good, but they've been kind of falling apart lately. Uh, and then obviously the team that I've been impressed with and happy with is the Oklahoma City Thunder because Chris Paul over the last eight games has been putting up really good numbers. He's leading the league in clutch points, which is points, I think, within the final. F- uh, let me check one sec. Sorry. It's like the final few minutes or so, and it also has to be a five-point game or something. Um, I don't know. I saw the stat somewhere. Yeah, it's uh, – Last five minutes of the game and the score is within five points. He has 31 field goals made, which is by far and away the most uh, in the league. So he's been a stud. The Thunder have looked great. Shea just Alexander is unbelievable. I think that they definitely will end up making the playoffs, but unfortunately they'll probably end up losing the first round unless they somehow shock Denver. That's the only team I could see them really shocking simply because, again, they're young and not much playoff experience. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's about everything I had to talk about the podcast. Uh Please leave any likes, uh, like and uh, any comments or suggestions you have. Spread the podcast. Let me know if you want me to talk about anything for the future. Uh, I don't know how consistently I'll be doing this now that school's obviously starting up again, but I definitely would like to bring back the podcast. I don't know. I guess I've just kind of been bored lately, and there's been some decent stuff going on with sports, and I, I don't know. I kind of just miss talking about sports, sports so I figured why not bring back the podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for choosing to take a listen. If you do, like I said, please share and spread this to everyone and peace.